Welcome to Maritime Software Hub, the People Podcast. I'm Callum Beaumont, the host of the show. Today, I'm joined by Will Bixby. He's the director of a company called Binnacle. Um, and he's been working in and around the maritime event space for a number of years now. And what we're going to do today is with something a little bit different. We're going to essentially kind of give some tips and share some of, of Will's knowledge behind um, either hosting, exhibiting or attending events um, to really try and kind of set yourself up or perhaps set your business up for success uh, when they go out and try and market their solutions and their business. So for me, this is a really valuable lesson. Um, we do regularly kind of sponsor events and, and go and, and have our stand and our stalls. Uh, and it's an area I think I need a lot more training on and, and could, could definitely learn and take some kind of real knowledge um, from discussions like this. So if you've got an event coming up or your business is regularly um, sponsoring or speaking at uh, regular conferences, then this one's for you and uh, I'm sure you're going to find it really valuable. Thank you very much. Hi, Will. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Good morning, Callum. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. No, my, my pleasure. We, well, I've done a little uh, short introduction to yourself um, and I'd love it if you could perhaps share a bit more of an overview of, of who you are, kind of what your role is now at Binnacle and, and tell us a bit about the business, if that's OK. Thank you very much. Good morning. It's um, nice to be here, as, a, as I say. Thanks for having me, uh, me on to talk to you today. My name is William Bixby. I started Binnacle um, about 10 years ago and uh, we are a small niche boutique uh, maritime events specialist company. Uh, we focus on seminars, conferences, uh, general business meetings, really, and we've been uh, been working hard to build a London event called Digital Progress and uh, a Singapore edition, which we run in November in a couple of weeks' time. And that particular event is focused on pre- and post-fixture um, issues and digitalization and bringing that assisting people with digital adoption, raising awareness, and also looking at, um, you know, the latest technology that's coming on board uh, to help people, really. Generally, I've been involved in the maritime industry for about 25 years now. I started with Lloyd's List, uh, part of their Lloyd's List events team, uh, working on large-scale exhibitions like ship repair and conversion, um, Roro, Cruise and Ferry. They were, they were the main uh, events that I was involved in. Then I moved on to conferences, and working on a number of different industry areas, um, mainly based around manning and training. Uh, that was that was one of the bigger uh, events that I organised in India, in Manila, and the European version. And then Ar the Arctic shipping, I was involved in that. That was in uh, Russia, in St Petersburg, and a whole mixture of everything in between. Really, uh, Lloyd's List events was a very had a very big portfolio of events that we ran, so you could get involved in all sorts. So it was a very interesting place to work. Lots of different um, topics that we covered, lots of interesting people, and it kept me very very busy. Uh, but yeah, I decided about ten years ago to uh, to start Binnacle, and I've been been working on on that ever since. Oh, well, we're really privileged to sort of obviously to, to be involved in some of your events in the past and, and hope more going forward. So, uh, yeah, really delightful to have you on the show. And um, yeah, I think this this episode, what I really want to try and do is is to share some some of your kind of knowledge and tips and advice for for businesses and guest individual delegates themselves that are either going to attend or, or sponsor or exhibit at certain conferences and events. Um, take away some of your your tips perhaps you can share about how how to kind of get the best out of an event sort of ROI in terms of perhaps 
when they're sponsoring and when they're mixing with uh, individual businesses that they might be trying to sell to, that type of thing. So we'll dive into that a little bit later. So so please do stay tuned, listeners, and and, and we'll share a lot, a lot more of his insights then. Um, but just for, yeah, out of interest, how did you get into kind of the the maritime event space? I was working for originally. I was working for a boat builder, and um, uh, we were building sailing yachts, motor cruisers, and and those sorts of uh, vessels that were really for for pleasure, uh, pleasure in in that maritime sector. And it was a very nice business, um, but they're very susceptible in times of recession. Uh, those those types of businesses. And unfortunately, there was there was a recession. It it didn't quite make it through. And um, one of the things that I used to enjoy was going to and exhibiting at the boat shows, um, setting them up, making sure that everything was right. We presented ourselves very well at the Southampton Boat Show, London Boat Show, as well as other uh, international shows uh, around, um, you know, around Europe uh, and, and some further further on. And I just really enjoyed that. So when it came to looking for something a bit different um, to do for a living, I thought, well, actually, you know, that, that might be a quite nice step is to just to just see if I could get involved in in, in exhibitions. Um, fortunately, I saw an advert that Lloyd's List were looking for someone in their, their events team. And as you know, I went along, I did the interview, was successful, and I stayed with them for uh, for 10 years and loved every minute of it. So yeah, those large scale events really, you know, they, they just, I just enjoyed them. I like putting them together. I like developing them. And um, yeah, I was very, very pleased to get into it. And the maritime bug, I think does get you if you like if you you know if you like if at maritime then once you get into it i think it, there's a lot going on there's a lot of interesting people there's some really fantastic subject matter to to go uh, and get into and just to be a part of that really sort of bit me and uh, yeah i stayed in it ever since oh, i'm the same i think it's a, it is my granddad always say that shipping's like a village in a way that people uh, your reputation gets out there people know each other and before you know it, you, you literally you have a good idea of who are the key players and different businesses and brokers and et cetera, and different, different niches and things. So it's a, a really, yeah, fascinating. And it, what is it that's kind of kept you and drawn you into the world of events? Anything particular that kind of you, you really, really enjoy? I guess one of the things it depends, that it depends what type of person you are, doesn't it? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a people person. I, I really enjoy dealing with people. Um, I'm always, kind of interested to know what people are doing it gives you that opportunity to to just have some you know uh, an insight into other people's worlds if you like so to get to get to do that for a living was really good because as part of the exhibition uh, uh, the way you design it or the way that you put these things together you're trying to encourage a really good um uh, floor plan and by that i mean that your, your floor plan really represents what you're doing and that that can make a really good event so that when you have your exhibition, say, for example, Ship Repair and Conversion, I loved that event because it does exactly what it says on the tin. If you're not involved in Ship Repair and Conversion and everything within it, then this is this really isn't the one for you. So when you, when you go out and you try and look for those people that might be interested because there's a commercial element to the role, you've got to sell the space, you've got to put your pitch together and you've got to go to companies and you've got to present to them what you're looking to, um, you know, to do with the event, how they're going to, benefit what the costs are and as you mentioned there about the return on the investment and that return on the investment can be really you know significant if you get it right because 
you know, when you meet people, when you actually have an opportunity to have that chat face to face, it's still ingrained in us that there's a there's a place for that. There always has been. And I think there always will be. Technology adds an added benefit, especially with COVID. And we've all learned and then adapted to using Teams and all the and Zoom and everything else a lot better. But just bringing back to uh, to the to the face to face, then, you know, getting together and meeting, it, it really is a good you know, good way for everybody to, to do business. So for me, I like that. I like the fact that we could come up with a floor plan. We could come up with an exhibition. I could go out and do uh, the commercial side, which was the presentations, the pitches, the sales, uh, and then build that. And as we move into the second phase or second or third phase, even you start running a, talking about how you're going to get people through the door. And that's a collaborative event for any event. Um, organizer you have to work with your sponsors you have to work with your speech, uh, speakers and all the stakeholders and collectively you do your your um, visitor marketing and if you get it right it can, it's just great for everybody and you can have as we did for ship repair and conversion you, you can have you know 17 1800 people through the door each day for two days and that's an awful lot of people to get together and, and just talk business for two days but the events that i run now they're a bit more niche but they're still just as important, but they're in the sort of 120 to 200 type uh, of event. So smaller in scale, but with the right people all very focused. It's, um, it, you know, it can be, it can be, they're good to work on. I like them. I, I like the way that uh, you have to be flexible. You have to, everything's quite dynamic. It's always on the move. So it does keep, it keeps you interested. And if you're invested, um, you know, you can get a, you can get a lot out of it. I briefly interrupt this episode to talk to you about our brand new online course, which is the Introduction to Commercial Shipping. I'm really excited to deliver this. Um, essentially, since kind of growing up in my teens and, and my early 20s, I've always worked and been surrounded by the, the sale and purchase and, and, and the shipbroking industry in particular. Um, so for the last 20 plus years, I've kind of harvested some real, um, I guess, insights and, and, and passion for the commercial shipping space. So the course is perfect for anybody that's either working in shipping, um, perhaps is studying shipping or wants to learn the basic fundamental and aspects of the commercial shipping space. Um, this is ideal because you can log on. It's completely on demand. You just start uh, learning. It automatically saves your progress so you can log in and log out. Uh, there's multiple choice quizzes uh, after each chapter. So on the course, you'll learn about the overall commercial shipping markets, looking at dry cargo, tankers, containers, the gas markets. Um, we'll look at the, the different dimensions and sizes and categories of, of vessels. We'll talk about who are the main importers and exporters of, of certain kind of commodities across the world. Um, we'll look at the role of a ship owner and a ship broker, what they do day to day, how their company is structured go through what a sale and purchase broker does, what a chartering ship broker does. We look at um, key shipping contracts, including the charter parties themselves, uh, some of the key clauses that are uh, contained in there. Uh, we look at the, the sale and purchase contracts, so the NSF forms, the memorandum of associations, those sort of things to give you a good uh, rounded overview of the commercial shipping space. So uh, for more information, please do message um, info at cordellbeaumont.com. I, I completely agree. We we find that attending the events and obviously kind of being involved in, in sponsoring any really valuable from for different angles. Firstly, you get to obviously brand awareness you get to learn about what what's been discussed at the different events meeting different people and from our point of view generally a number of the other suppliers and vendors that are sponsoring are, are, are often our clients or, or our kind of target clients so 
when we're at these events, we're speaking to them, you get FaceTime with them. It's really valuable. And then usually the delegates are sometimes our kind of candidates that we speak to that are involved in the, the, in the maritime or the, the digital shipping space, um, as well as the the sales team members dotted around. So for us, it's a kind of a win-win from each, every angle, really, um, as long as we present well. And uh, Yeah, and I think that's the... I think that's the same in for, for for everyone really because when you have business to business events they're very different to I, I mean I, I personally haven't worked on many consumer events so uh, but I when I like business to business events it means you know there's an awful lot of um, collaboration and stakeholders in the industry the supply chain if you like everybody within that when you when you see um, an exhibition the amount of conversation that goes on between as the you know the exhibitors as you say is just as important as, as the fact that you know, there's customers walking up and down the aisles because everybody's linked in some way um, and that again with a business to business event I think it's um, there's many levels of of, uh, of success and and that's important for the company that's invested in attending uh, and also for the person that's taken a day out of the office to invest their time in attending because it's that's really valuable so everybody has to have a return on either their financial investment or their time investment and get that return in different ways when it's um but it so it's multi-layered but yeah i think when you see a networking reception at any event and you can just sort of see everybody chatting you you know you've got it right there's something's going to come out of that and then a lot of people have been working in the industry together for years they know each other they build up an expertise quite quickly in maritime if if you you know if you put the effort in early it doesn't take very long you know within a few years you can actually be um, quite well positioned so I think that's one of the other reasons for people staying in you know in any particular industry but my experience is in maritime transport but if you can get in and you can start meeting people make those connections build up your knowledge you can add value uh, quite quickly and uh, that can take you places so it's a good career path for people I think you know that's that's often lost. It's one of the things that everybody has to keep banging the drum about, you know, keep making sure that people are aware of the maritime industry to, to cut and talent to come in and join it. And um, it's been a constant thing, but I think everybody needs to do that. It, it would be, it would be something that would, would change us if the maritime industry could just continue to be or to be seen as a sunrise industry rather than a sunset, which it, it just isn't. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and I guess, I mean, for your role in particular, uh, organizing events, it's been incredibly stressful, like lots of different kind of connecting parts you need to put together. Maybe occasionally people let you down, that type of thing that you've kind of committed to. So it must be very difficult from your point of view to, to organize all, with all different suppliers, especially if it's in different countries, different cultures and customs and things. So a very varied role, I, I can imagine. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, and that, again, that's one of the things that... Um, you know, we'll keep, if you're lucky enough to get involved in events in in other countries, then that's that. You know, that that's really good. It's a, it's good from a professional point of view, but also for your own lifestyle as well. Just to get to go to other countries and have a few, you know, few days experiencing what's going on there post the event or pre the event. But yeah, the multi. I mean, sh- shipping's multicultural, as we know. It's global, and um, to have you know to have access and just see how other other people. Uh, work the ways that they work the styles the cult- business cultures that they have um, that that can give you a, a real insight and it's always best I found when we had events that we were putting together we'd have a model that worked in London 
and we'd say, great, let's pick this up and let's take it as I have and, and, and drop it in Singapore. You, you can't have that exact same model that, that, and just plonk it down everywhere. You need to start thinking if you're going to, they call it in the industry geo-cloning, if you're going to pick it up and take it somewhere else, you need to then sound out with people just about your timings, just about, you know, are they early risers? Are they later? Do they start late, finish late? Are they, uh, you know, when do they usually have their breaks? You're looking to try and fit in with their patterns and make it very easy for them to, um, you know, to, to come and, and enjoy the event that you're putting on. So that, that can be... Um, you know, interesting and challenging, but mainly I think that the big difference um, when you're looking at taking events around or you're looking at any event, actually, the, the main thing that you've got to concentrate on is the planning. I've always found that that's, that's, that's where people do well in events. Um, if, you, if you plan well and you're that type of, um, you have those personal characteristics where you're a good planner, and you don't mind being thorough and you don't mind just taking a moment to just go back everything, check over everything, make sure you're right, get everything planned really, really well, then I think that's a great foundation. If, if, if you like that sort of work and you're quite into your attention to detail um, and you don't mind just getting, you know, getting involved with people, there's lots of questions to ask in when you're organising an event. So if you if you don't mind going through and being thorough, then I think you, you know, you, you'd, you'd enjoy it because it irons out loads of potential problems. You're always going to have issues that come up and you're always going to have situations that occur, but you can deal with those. If you've planned properly, you actually end up with the time to deal with those things. So that's, um, yeah, I think being a, being a good planner is, uh, you know, can take the stress out of it. Yeah, and you start to anticipate regular kind of, I guess, questions, issues that might come up at future events. So you can kind of plan for that, as you say. Um, Good. All right. Thank you very much. So let's let's dive into the kind of the main meat of, of, of the discussion today. So from a uh, let's say I'm a well, I do, we, we have a business and, and we, we attend events. Let's say my team are going out and they're going to present at, at one of your event or any event, let's say. Um, how would what's the best way for a company to approach the sort of let's say if you're physically that their kind of stand set up? You don't have to give me exact detail about where to put things, but just as an overview, what, what sort of things do you think seems to come across quite well in terms of layouts, like equipment they usually have on their stalls, that type of thing? Yeah, I think the, um, the exhibitors, um, when I run a conference, uh, which, which you've, you've supported and, uh, and sponsored so, uh, that we have in London, I, I always say to people, you know, try and feed back to the organiser um, what you're trying to achieve out of it because as an event organizer and as someone who's you know pitched it to you to to sponsor i want to make sure that you get your a return on your investment so there's a there's an absolute kind of sort of you know for me it's like i, I want you to do really well we know who's coming we know the subject matter but let's talk about how it's going to work best and also the um just the understanding the way in which the event is working because it might mean that you can you can change um your style slightly um with with the, uh, when you've got a smaller event that's, um, you know, that's not necessarily you have all these huge banners and pop-up stands and a, and a big uh, exhibition area per se, it's just important that you're there because it's about the people element, but they need to identify where you are. So I would say with those particular events, keep it simple, keep it nice, keep it neat, get your presence so that if you've got marketing banners and you've got pop-ups, make sure that they're as fairly simple because people are just scanning if you're in a, a venue, they're looking to find out you're a, a face or your team of faces in amongst 80, 90, 100 people. 
So if they can broadly scan and go, ah, there's the Cordell Beaumont logo. I'll have a wander over there. I need to have a chat with Callum. And so if you can keep it that simple, uh, I know that when people look at the, the, their opportunity, it's, um, it's like, well, we've got to get everything across. And yes, you can do that. But nowadays it's it's changed a lot. People are very happy to to just exchange, you know, um, an email and say, well, send me all the information. I certainly don't want to be walking around with loads of brochures. Those days have gone. And in fact, the events that I organise, we try and be paper free. We ask everybody to, to be paper free. There's there's really no need for it. We can we can send out information directly to people before they come. Um, we can put your details up on the website and have a link. We promote you as part of the event for being there. So just think about that. I think is you know that can work wonders. Um, so put yourself in the position of the person that you're hoping to speak to, but think about them and what they're doing when they're there. So that that's that's a good one. Um, something different that's that's you know the, if you do a lot of these events you're always looking for something different something interesting um and also just to try and think about what you're trying to achieve for some people they just want they want to have their brand there and they want to be visible and they want to see the positive alignment with what's happening so if you're going to get on the speaker program if you're going to have your logo associated with that then really believe in in and work on the content of your presentation because that's the strength of the message that you're putting out if you're going there and you want to actually be you know, meeting people, talking to people and, and making new connections and also looking after the people that you do know, focus towards that. It's not always all about speaking. Some people think, oh, I must be on the programme. But actually, there's a lot of businesses do very, very well by saying, actually, on this occasion, I don't want necessarily be on the programme. But what I really want to do is something around the networking area. So we can work to that and you can look at refreshment people sponsor refreshment breaks they do interesting things they get people in with different um you know specialist coffees they might, might be doing some specialist foods and things like that something that's a bit more uh, along the, the the human element uh, of the event so yeah just knowing what you're looking to try and achieve take a step back and think right well what should we focus on because that could be the, the key to that success that's, that's really really valuable thank you and and I mean, you mentioned there about whether companies should speak at events and you, you kind of covered off my next question to be honest with you. But as far as, um, I mean, we, we don't generally speak at events. I mean, obviously we would need to come up with a topic that might be engaging and, and really interesting for for the audience. But do you generally find it's, it's recommended for sponsors or, or companies exhibiting to try and have a, a kind of a speaking kind of uh, slot essentially? As a conference producer, so look, looking to actually put the content of the program together, there's a fine balance because you, you, you're looking at the conference uh, agenda, you're looking at the content that you're, you're putting together. And an, an expert speaker, expert in content, expert in what they're doing, and a, you know, you know, a good, good speaker in general, is obviously you know, really valuable. It's valuable to everyone because the attendees are taking time out. So I always look for that in terms of who's got the best content. You've got to be, it's an editorial approach, really. It's a journalistic approach to say, well, I've got to ask these questions. What is it that the audience want to know? What is it that they can be told that's something different, really useful, really knowledgeable uh, aspect, and something that, you know, that, that, that they may have touched on but never really got an opportunity to hear for 5, 10, 15 minutes on a specific subject. And um, people do learn in different ways. People learn as they read, people learn as they hear, people learn as they see. So again, using those uh, tools is is valuable. Um, it can tee up in many ways. You might not have um, a full uh, presentation, 
to run, but you want to lead into something that your company's doing or a situation that they've been involved in, a positive case study, a success outcome. Success stories are really good. People like to learn off of what you're, what you're doing, so I always like those. Any story is really good in a conference because um, we've grown up. We're all, we all, we've all grown up listening to stories. You know, that, 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 that's how it works. You get the attention if you start with, let me tell you a story. And then you've got the attention in your way. You've got to get their attention pretty quick and keep it. And I think as well, we've had some speakers. I've been quite fortunate, I'm very honest with my speakers. But in some cases, you don't need 20 minutes to get. Well, you can just do a little update and talk to the conference producer and say that we, we want a speaker slot. But I don't necessarily need 20 minutes. I probably need about 10 because I want to talk about this particular issue and we've got a solution for it. Or this is how we overcame this solution. Um, they're very good. So I think it helps when if you're looking to try and um, approach a conference producing and be part of their program or they approach you, you need to just take that bit of time and say, well, where do you see me fitting? Because I could do a presentation. I could be part of a panel discussion. I could be in conversation. I'm, I had a really good um, uh, um about 15 minutes in, in the program last year where one of our, our sponsors said, I want to invite one of my customers. We're just going to sit as we are now. We're going to sit and have a chat and let everybody listen in. That was really nice. It was it was really good. And they had, you know, they had a particular topic that they'd found a solution for, a workaround. And, and there are a lot of companies facing a similar problem. And everybody on the feedback that I got said, um, yeah, very positive. So not always just a straight, yes, I've got a speaking slot, I'll put 15, 20 slides together. You know, that's, that's, that's the death by PowerPoint phrase. But I think if, you're, if you've got an interesting story to tell, people will want to listen and it's a good platform. For um, also thinking about for, your, for something, you know, for subject matter, I mean, you're, you can be quite well placed as Cordell Beaumont. I mean, you're looking at, at, at people, um, you know, you're looking at positions, you're looking at companies that are trying to attack, attract the right talent. So there's quite a lot of information that you you will have that you could draw on. You could do a salary survey, uh, you could do a talent survey, and you could do all sorts of different things, um, and then present that as in a in a conference. It's it's something that people would would feel would be quite interesting. So they they can be quite good. Where someone's put together, done a survey, got all the results back, and it's unique because you're delivering something there that um, isn't you know widely available until after the event, and then you can release it out. It gives you a second string to the bow because that can be published. So you get the art, uh, you get the post-event benefit. So yeah, I think it's good, but you've got to think about how you're going to get the value. Of course, yeah, definitely. I mean, from our point of view, especially the the, the growth in digital shipping, maritime technology com- companies. The, the big question whenever we're hiring or helping companies hire, it's always generally it's like, do you want to hire someone that has maritime kind of knowledge expertise, or can we coach that? So our kind of USP has always been trying to put two and two together. Somebody that understands SaaS sales or data sales or even kind of product management or something or, or, or more IT focus, but also has the maritime kind of um, background and knowledge awareness. So this is a topic every single time we hire, help hire, they always say, okay, well, the ideal profile would be someone with maritime plus the SaaS or something. So it, it is a good discussion point to find, okay, how can you either upskill those new starters that don't have that um, maritime awareness, perhaps quicker if it's needed, or how can you attract more people from maritime into the digital space? Um, I'm not saying we want to sort of pull everyone away from broking or chartering into the 
tech roles, but there's a big, we're regularly inundated with people that are asking questions about the tech space uh, that maybe aren't quite committed to jump over yet. And that's why we've started, we, we've done our online courses now, that intro to commercial shipping course and, 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 and another one. So um, yeah, definitely we, we're quite keen to kind of look at that going forward, maybe discussion topics, if it's got the right appropriate kind of audience base. Um, good. All right. And, and I guess prior to an event, any, any tips for companies that, that are either attending or exhibiting events before an event, that they can try and kind of maximize their awareness and exposure? I think it's one of the areas that's slightly tricky is the, is the sharing of data. Um, we, you know, when it comes to the to the collection of, of the data that, that comes in, I people that have registered, uh, it's it's we're not allowed to as an event organizer. You've you've taken that information in, so you, you have to be a little bit careful um, to make sure that you stay within the, the GDPR rules. Um, but you're okay to share job titles and, and from where the the companies that they're coming from, so that's fine. But it does help, I think, just to let the sponsors know um, the profile of who's attending. Because they can tailor their message, not only just have we got the right pop-up, are we talking about the right product? You know, we, we, we can look at some companies where if you go to an event that's very, very niche, then they can focus in on some core products or some core services that, that are meeting that need of the people that they're, they're selling to. So that's that's one thing, and I think people know that they know by the nature of the event that they're going to. But it's worth it's worth asking the um, the organizer if you can, and just say, you know, I know you can't give me a, a full list, but you know, let's have the job titles at least, and let's let's have uh, the companies they're coming from because we want to try and help. We want to try and make sure that you know we're bringing the right the right message on the day. Also, it's um, you know, it's one of those things coming back to that point of. Um, analysis of just of the types of events that you're choosing to do so you know have you chosen the right event and that is a step back but have you chosen the right event are you fully aware of what's going on and then you know that will help you but on on the on the day there's also been occasions where once you can get the organization to understand your the, the event and um we, because my connection is usually with either the commercial director the sales manager or the marketing manager but if I keep them fully brief and I can tell them what's going on, they can then feed that back and say, right, well, let's have a look at who's going. If you've got an organization that's um, a reasonable size, should we say, where they've actually going to have to look at who they might send. If they send the right people to the right fit, then again, that's another benefit. I know that's sort of rule 101, but you do you do find that people come to events and they're, you know, we've sent the wrong person because we didn't really understand the profile of it so that that's a two-way street though you just need to ask and then the organizer will tell you they'll have no problem telling you who's there yeah that's and i guess from your point of view if say for example you're hosting an event and maybe there's more charters in the audience than ship owners for example and companies can adjust their approach and their teams maybe that they they might send that maybe more likely to interact with the charterers let's say than the the ship owners themselves so uh, yeah it's really really valuable to get a rough idea of who type of companies and things they're attending so and then post event like obviously so i mean my little what I, I try and collect as many business cards as possible pretty old school write down when i met them and i just send them an email or link to them the next day or the the monday after whatever any any other kind of popular and kind of effective follow-up methods you've you've seen yeah the, well the data grab is is a good one so you you know who did you meet you know and just make sure that you you 
you know you're interrogating them on that day find out who they are what they do what you know is there a is there a real link there because you can come away with a whole load of business cards and uh, they sit don't they they just sit there for ages you you put them into your database and you know, most of them you wonder, are they any good? But yeah, so just interrogate that data. Find out really if you can. You've got the opportunity. If, you, if they've given you a business card, they're in front of you. So just take that opportunity to remember, you know, just ask those 10 questions, you know. Um, just, I mean, TED is a really good uh, TED. Tell me, explain, describe. If you can just keep those three as your starters, you'll get a lot of information out of people. So that's, you know, part of part of what that, that side is all about. When, when you've got that, um I think as well that post-event, when you're an event organiser, obviously you've, you've done all your run-up to it, you've put the event on, everybody's had a great day, then or two days, whatever the length of it is, then afterwards they've gone. And uh, you're, I'm the same, I'm sitting here, I've got all these presentations that have been done, I've got all this content that's been created, get it out into the market, use it, you know, and start working out that yeah. actually what you've got is a little bit of content goldmine. You've actually taken that day or two days. You should be grabbing as much content from it as you can so that you're post-event marketing. Don't worry. I wouldn't say don't worry, but you've done the bit about the people that are there. You've collected their information. You've met with them. You've shaken hands, and you're going to go back and feed that up. But what about all the other people that couldn't attend that are really interested anyway in the subject matter? You know, So, you know, stories. We went to Digital Progress in London. It, there was this. This was talked about. Here's me with such and such. All of those that um, material is there for you to use as content in your post-event marketing. And if you do, you know, an, a number of events a year, even if you just go and attend them, you've got something that you can then put and keep yourself out in the market post-event. So uh, I think that's that's really important. It's just don't, don't, don't forget that it's not just about the event itself. There are benefits pre-event, at-event and post-event. They're the three areas we look at in marketing. And we've got so much to say after the event. You know, we we probably say more after than we do in the run up, to be honest. So yeah, do, just remember that that's um that's what you should be grabbing as well on the day is content, content, content. Definitely, and you're sharing key takeaways, that type of thing. That's something we we try and do as much as possible. And then, yeah, for us, obviously, we're kind of basically matchmakers in our recruitment role. And if we meet, even if it's not necessarily trying to make a hire, or essentially, if we meet someone that we think could be a really good kind of potential contact for somebody we already know. We try and connect them and, and that type of thing. And, and that's proven really successful for us. Um, again, I mean, t- circling back a little bit to the ROI comment, it, it can it can be, uh, there's no specific time when you might see that return on investment f- from attending an event uh, or featuring at an event. So for us, it's really great of, of strengthening our relationship and then hopefully improving our, I guess, our brand image, putting a face to the name. Hopefully people like it when they meet me or the team um and then you see what can comes off it later so it's uh, very worthwhile and, and I, I do really appreciate you um obviously having us at your events and, and and the time you've spent kind of helping us um good all right so i think uh, let's just say for now there are lots of our business our kind of companies within the maritime software and commercial shipping uh companies that have maritime sorry not maritime marketing managers events managers that type of thing just, just quickly on the on the role of an events manager, let's say, or an events director. Um, any any kind of uh, challenges you see they face regularly, or any kind of tips you can give them for actually doing their role? We we might have touched upon this at the start of the the, the discussion. So sorry to overlap a little bit, but any any kind of tips you can give for aspiring events managers? Yeah, I think I think if you 
if you're looking at getting into events, uh, you know, potentially to as a career path, just keep be open minded because, uh, as I say, I started off working. I didn't have an events background. I was attending and I was standing there trying to sell um, luxury motor cruisers to people at the London Boat Show, and it was very different. It was all about you know attracting the right sort of person who who could afford the product that you were selling in in that. Um, boat show space that's about brand massively so it's more of a consumer event but as so as an event um director that i became i, I just thought exhibitions was where i was going to go really i thought they were really good but when you get into the events business there's loads of opportunities loads of different elements to it so from a career point of view it does offer quite a lot um if you're interested you know to get involved in large-scale events then fair enough there's you know they, those can be you know really challenging but they can be exciting and they deliver lots back to you but the smaller scale events conferences seminars even you know small business meetings you can end up doing anything i mean i i've ended up being involved in all sorts i put on a dinner for 300 that was beneath the cutty sark it was the first event back oh, after wow. its complete refurbishment <laughs> 300 people sitting beneath the cutty sark which was elevated in the air with a beautiful copper bottom we had, um, yeah, and that was for the International Marine Purchasing Association. So for people that buy marine equipment, uh, I'm working now with the Institute Chartered Shipbrokers, and and we do you know a lot with them. So when you you don't know where it's going to take you. So I think if you're interested in a career that that, that in, in events, be prepared to uh, you know to, to to sort of be you know have an exciting time if uh, if that's what you want because you can you can go down all sorts of different paths and one of the things that marketing managers sales managers commercial directors are looking for as well is you know they want to do at some point during the year something different ideally you know that, that that's always nice to offer your client base something different um, and even if it's you know a, a group of 16 18 20 people um, where they want to they say, look, we want to put this message across. We've got a particular message that we want to put across. It, you, it's still an event. It's, it's still going to be have all those, the same formula, formulaic approach as a large-scale event. So you, once you've got the core principles in place, you can then just ramp them up and, and away you go. So, yeah, it's, it's very varied. I, I think if, um, you know, and I also think there's, a, there's lots of um, opportunities. So it's, it's pretty good from that, that regard. Great. All right. Well, well, thank you very much. Let's, um, yeah, I hope that's been helpful to our, to our listeners. I'm sure it really has been, and it has been for, for, for myself as well. So thank you for sharing those insights. Um, I guess just last question on a little bit more of a personal um, kind of point. I always try and ask our, our, our kind of guests a little bit more about themselves. So is, is there any, uh, any kind of like anything about you that perhaps people don't know or any hobbies, that type of thing that maybe uh, you can think of you'd like to share? Well, like, yeah, I think I've, most of my spare time, I, I've only got two main hobbies. I've got one, which is sailing, so that's a bit more maritime. I live in a little place by yeah, the sea. Excellent. People don't know that I live on an island. It's not my own private island, but I guess you could say that there aren't many. Uh, I, live on the, I live on the east coast of Essex on an island that's 14 miles round. The main road gets covered by the okay. tide twice uh, every other week, three times. Uh, so uh, that can be challenging. But uh, yesterday we, we couldn't get off the island for over two hours because the storm came in and we had a particularly high tide. So we, we can be stuck. So that's something that a lot of people find challenging. I, I did phone someone and said, I'm sorry, I'm going to be late. And they said, oh, why is that? I said, well, I'm stuck by the tide. I can't get off the island. And they couldn't quite believe it. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, that's one thing. But I mean, from I tend to, I've done quite well in the last couple of years trying to have a work-life balance. Um, I'm, I'm conscious of my well-being you 
know, that, that's something I do take quite seriously. And I always encourage anybody that's involved with me from a work or personal just to be aware of your of your own you know, well-being when it comes to your mental health and your physical health. But just generally, I think we live in a very pressured time. So it's better if, you, if you're fit and well and healthy in mind, body and soul, then you can you can tackle anything. really. So keep keep that. That keeps me. So sailing is good for me. I enjoy that. And I've got a motorbike. Yeah. So when I need an adrenaline rush, I fire that up and I just I, I just go out and get lost for a couple of hours. It's, that's, that's the main thing. I did like golf, but it drove me nearly mental and I, I just gave up. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, what, what bike do you have? I don't mind me asking. I've got, a, well, I had a cruiser, but um, okay. I've switched to a sports bike now. It's a Suzuki SV1000. So it's a pretty, yeah. Wow, when that yes. gets going, it's it's good. All, always within the speed <laughs> limit, of course. But when you can when you can open up, it's quite nice. I used to have a Suzuki GSXR seven fifty. Oh, did you? Um, and uh, and just until we had kids, then I kind of switched for a more uh, laid back type of bike and style. But yeah, I've, I've I'm the same. I've always been inter- interested in motorbikes and had them pretty much throughout ever since I was seventeen or so. So yeah, I'm a big yeah. fan as well. Well, once you yeah, I think if you're a biker, you're always a biker. That's that's. It's just nice. We've got a place over um, about 15 miles from where I live called Bentley Green, and they have a huge, it's every Wednesday uh, during the spring right. summer months. And you can end up with seven, 800 bikes there on a Wednesday. It's, it, it's a good, it, just to walk around looking at bikes, talking bikes. It's, yeah, it's a great <laughs> way to spend an evening. So that's, uh, that's what good. keeps me entertained. Excellent. Great. Well, thank you for sharing that. So uh, I guess if, if anybody would like to get in t- contact with you, obviously you've got the upcoming uh, Singapore event. So anyone wants to register for that or, or, or has any questions, what's the best way for them to contact you? My website is uh, binnacle.ltd. So the events that we run are, are posted on there. Digital Progress is um, in Singapore in a couple of weeks' time. And uh, we have the London uh, event in May next year. So their Institute of Chartership Brokers support those um, those two events. And um, yeah, so just have a look at binnacle.ltd and uh, other other things that we're projects that we're working on. But those those are keeping me pretty busy at the moment. Excellent. All right, well, well, thank you so much for your time. And uh, yeah, great to listen to your to your insights. So um, yeah, take care, and we'll speak again soon. Yeah, always a pleasure. Thanks, Callum. Well, I really enjoyed that conversation with Will. Um, I'm certainly going to take away a lot of his tips and uh, advice about how to uh, approach an event, um, whether you're sponsoring or just attending um, as a delegate. I'm definitely going to make different sort of tweaks to how we kind of go about it. So thank you for listening. Um, if anybody has any questions or would like to reach out to Will, uh, and of course, if you'd like to uh, attend his event in, in Singapore, please do reach out to him. But thanks again for listening and take care.